0: Nope. We don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. July 13th. Y'all know what day that is? That's pecan pie that You know our brother loves pecan pie. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, you might have time to celebrate it, or it might have already passed. But shout out to Jess, who told me about Mr. Dy's pie. Pecan pies fire. I love pecan pie. If you know another place in the Milwaukee area, please let me know. I would love to know because I love pecan pie. But enough of that. Let's get into our first world problem question today, which is this: Who is the biggest televangelist that you listen to or watch on a regular basis? And I'm gonna break down the tele- the, the definition of televangelist as a preacher who appears on TV. Or I could even say the Internet, because a lot of us watch our sermons on YouTube. Who's the biggest that, that you watch? Now, I'm in this class and I just realized that some people think that televangelists only preach the gospel. They only preach the gospel. But I immediately thought about Pastor Mike, who's with Time of Grace, and I'm like, he preaches the law and the gospel. But then some people were saying that's not really a, a mega church or a televangelist that I'm talking about because they they broke it down and said it needs to be like 10,000 plus members a week. I think he has like 3,000 plus members and a few thousand that watch online every week. So who's bigger than that? So I'll give you some examples like a Stephen Furtick, uh, a Michael Todd, a George, Joyce Meyer, a Sarah Jake Roberts. I even had to listen to Joel Osteen for a class and I saw that he has like 45,000 people attend each and every week. And what I noticed with him, and I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to uh, give him grace. I had to listen to a sermon of his for a class, and he didn't mention the law at all. He didn't mention sin at all. He really didn't mention the gospel at all. It was more like a TED talk. More like if you think positively, then positive things will happen in your life. So that had me thinking like, hmm. But the two biggest that I can think of, big two biggest televangelists that I can think of that I, that I watched or listened to are Charles Stanley and and tony evans and both of these brothers they mentioned the law and the gospel but maybe you caught them on a time where you like they didn't preach the law or the gospel but i want to hear from you who do you think is the biggest or who is the biggest televangelist that you listen to personally drop it in the comments instagram twitter let me know my handle is champion life 23 tiktok or youtube feel free to leave it in the comments who is the biggest televangelist that you listen to and also this That person, do they preach the law and the gospel? Meaning, do they talk about sins and do they also talk about Jesus and what he has done for us and how he's granted us forgiveness? I want to hear from you. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, let me know. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. the 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 title of our episode today is Gotta have both. Now, some things in life, they are better when you have both. I'm going to give you some examples. Soap and water. You got to have both. Cereal and milk. I know some people argue and say, man, I just need a lot of cereal and a little bit of milk. But that means you still need to have both. Both are still necessary. Macaroni and cheese. Gotta have both. Peanut butter and jelly. Gotta have both. Pippin and Jordan. I shouldn't have used that one because some people like Jordan could have did it without Pippin. But got to have both. And in our case, we got to have both the law and the gospel. And I'm going to break down this what this entire episode is about today, the law and the gospel. Why do we need to have both? Now, when you look at other religions, other religions would tell you that you can earn Eternal life, you can earn salvation, you can earn heaven. And they'll say, just make sure that you are praying a certain amount of t- certain certain amount of times in a day. Make sure that you're taking this trip that you need to take. Make sure that you're eliminating evil or you're behaving in a certain way, or that you are meditating on God's word, or that you confess that this prophet is this. You need to do all these certain things, and then you'll get eternal life. You, you can earn it. And for other religions, it will have to be one of those things where you are always wondering, did I do enough? Was I good enough? Did I pray enough today? Was I nice enough to this person? Did I meet the mark in this way? Did I meditate long enough? Like you would never know. So that will leave you miserable. That will leave you hopeless. That will leave you always thinking, I have to do more and I have to do better. And does the bad outweigh the good then? Or how much good do you have to do? You never would know. But. We look at Christianity and it's so unique. It's so distinct because it tells us that does not matter. That does not matter. It's not about you earning. It's about you being gifted with it. And the law, what is the purpose of the law then? The law shows us what God commands. It shows us that God demands perfect obedience. It shows us that we have fallen short. And it makes us look at it and say, hold up. I need to follow all of these perfectly. Perfectly, perfectly, like not nine out of ten, all the time, man, I, I came up short. When in the gospel shows us who Jesus is, how he has given us forgiveness of sins, how he has declared us righteous and holy, and how he was a substitute for us, and he paid a debt that we couldn't pay. But we're kind of in this error when we look at our sins sometimes, we're kind of like, you know what? I'm a good person. I mean, I'm a really, really good person. I I think I'm pretty good, especially compared to him or compared to that or compared to this. But when we compare it to the law, it says you need perfection. And we're going to look at Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through to 21. And this is a great example of someone who thought that they could earn salvation, who thought that they like, you know what? I'm pretty good. Maybe maybe I do meet the standard. Mark chapter 10. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a ram, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asks, What must I do to inherit eternal life? So dude really thought that he was that good that he could like earn eternal life. Jesus responds to him, he says, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. And Jesus lists these commandments off. He says, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Jesus just lists all the commandments and he reminds him like, hey, you need to be perfect in all of these different ways. Now listen to how the man responds. This is actually a very arrogant response because he thinks that he's actually done all of these perfectly. Teacher, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Now, I just want to stop right there. He kept all of these since he was a boy. We forget that perfection doesn't start when I'm like six or seven years old and I'm in kindergarten because I'm in school now, so I should know better and I should be able to, to do what I'm supposed to do. No, it starts from conception. All of us are infected with sin. So from the very beginning, before we even come out of our mother's wombs, we are sinful. We are sinful. But in this man's mind, it almost made it seem like, you know what? I was good from this age to this age, so I meet the standard. And look at what Jesus says to him, because Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew that he had fallen short, but he wanted to point this out to the man. Because sometimes we think we're better than what we are, especially in terms of keeping the law and not being sinful. And Jesus said this to him. One thing you lack, he said. Go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So Jesus took the law. He presented the law to him and dude was like, "I'm, I'm pretty good. And then Jesus pointed out to him, you know what? There is something that I know you selfish. You're selfish and you love your money. You love your money more than you love God. And that's breaking the commandment right there. You break the first one, you break all of them. So what was Jesus doing with this? He was showing them that, hey, you don't measure up to the law. The only one who measures up to the law perfectly is me. And he was trying to tell them how to get rid of his vice. Now, when you look at this, what Jesus also was getting at and what the gospel does is the gospel shows us, it shows us who our savior is. It shows us that we have forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the good news because Jesus declares us righteous. Jesus declares us perfect. He declares us holy, not because of stuff that we have done, but because of what he has done and how he substituted for us. The gospel frees us from like the obligation of having to follow the law perfectly. It frees us from from the obligation of condemnation or, or hell. Why? Because Christ did all of that for us. And that's what the gospel shows us and reminds us every single time. So when you listen to a sermon, when you listen to anything, both are needed, the law and the gospel. I was in a class where a a pastor was talking about, you know what? I'm going to do a sermon on all law and then I'm going to do a sermon on all gospel. And then they talked about something happened and he never got to the sermon of all of all gospel. And he only did the sermon of all law. If you only heard all law, you would go away feeling depressed. You would go away feeling like this is horrible. Like there's nothing I could do. You would be hopeless. But when you hear the gospel, you have hope. So that's why every single time you join us on this uh, episode or join us on this podcast at the non-micro truth, I want to give you the law and the gospel. Sometimes it might be a little more law heavy. Sometimes it might be a little more gospel heavy, but the goal is to give you both. And every good pastor, every good message, they want to give you both. They want to give you the law and the gospel because you need both of them. You absolutely need both of them. Now, something else I want to distinguish the difference between the law and the gospel is that the law is like naturally written on your heart. There can be people that do not know God's word and they will know something is not right because their conscience tells them it's not right. So the law is naturally written on our hearts. And what I mean by that is, it's pretty obvious that most people know, like you should not kill someone. You should not just beat somebody up. You should not steal. You should not take what not, what's not yours. Like that's kind of like common sense because the law is written on people's heart. Now sin jacks that up. And if we didn't have the gospel, our conscience would, would prick us and we would be like, hey, what, what can I do? And it would leave us down and out. But this passage from um, Romans reminds us, you know, what is the purpose and, and where is that law written? Romans chapter two, verse 14 and 15, it says, indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their consciences are also bearing witness and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. So sometimes when you hear a good message and when you get the law, you're going to have like this punch in the gut type of feeling. And that's not necessarily bad. That's a good thing to remind you like, man, I need a savior. I am so blessed to have Jesus, I am so blessed to see all the different things that he's done for us. But the thing about the gospel that's different than the law, you only get the gospel message through God's word. That's the only place that you are going to get that that message. That's not naturally written on your heart. That's something that has to be shared with you. That's something that has to be given to you. That's something that lets us know, like, we are free to serve God. We are free to serve God and we are not bound to the law. And it lets us know that, you know what, we can do something good because we are children of God. Apart from God, we can't do anything good. But with God, that's where we have good works. That's where we can do things that that bring a smile to his face. That that lets us know that, you know, we can do this because of Jesus sake and all the things that that Jesus has done for us. Now, in this episode of got to have both, there's a huge difference when you look at the law based on the fact that the law is conditioned on what is conditioned on perfect obedience. When you look at the gospel, the gospel is unconditional and it's free. Different promises, different things that, that, it, that it gives. But we got to have both. We absolutely got to have both. And something that we see is that people will manipulate the law. They will manipulate the law. And I use that example of, you know, the era of, man, I'm a really good person. And it's like, are you really? We're not when we're apart from God. we There's nothing that's good about us. We don't meet the standard. And what we do a lot of times is we compare it to other people, we compare it to other cultures, and we say, I am good. But that's not the person or the thing we're supposed to compare to. We are supposed to compare to God's law and see if we hit the mark 100% of the times, all the time, every day. And we haven't. So apart from him, we're not good. But when we have God, we, we can be good. We can be good in his eyesight because he's replaced it and he's done this for us with, with Jesus. And if you've ever listened to a sermon, this is something I, I want to be cautious of myself and I encourage you to be cautious of. If you hear a sermon and you're like, man, I wish he would have hammered this sin even more. Not because I just feel like nobody's been talking about how this is wrong, but you want it to be hammered because you want to be like, you know what? I'm pretty good. I feel pretty good about myself. I don't I don't struggle with that at all. If that's the reason that you want it to be hammered, that is not a good reason at all. And that's the manipulation of the law that we got to be careful of, because we got to remember all of us have different thorns. All of us have different things that we struggle with. The purpose of sharing the law with someone should be out of love. It should be to to redirect them. It should be to to have the law act as a as a curb or, or a mirror and reveal the things that they're doing are wrong so that they can be like, all right, I can make the changes that I need to and and rely on the gospel. And at times we rank sins. We rank sins. And I've heard people say, you know, no sin is greater than other sin. But in some cases it actually is. It it actually is, is when you should know better and you don't do better. Some people don't have the same avenues or opportunities. And because they don't, God is more gracious in that way or the sin is not as 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 grievous as others. And I'm going to give you an example. John 19, verse 11. This is when Jesus is talking to Pilate and he says, you have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over is guilty of a greater sin. So he tells him that that sin is greater. Now, we don't rank sins in the terms of, all right, that sin is really, really bad my sin's not that bad. Your sin deserves hell, but mine doesn't deserve hell. No, they both condemn us. But thank God for what he has done for us. And if you want some other passages where you can be like, does God talk about a sin being greater than the other? I'll give you a few passages. Luke chapter 12, verse 47 and 48. Romans chapter 2, verse 12 through 16. And Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 to 24. This would be at the bottom of, of the notes when you check out what the episode is about. So I'll, I'll make sure I put it down there. Now, so ranking sins, you shouldn't be ranking sins. All of them, all of the sins make us um, condemned if we don't have Jesus. Now, at times people can manipulate the gospel as well. And when we have to realize the gospel is so unique to any other religion, it's so unique to any other religion. Because when you think about this, we get the gospel, the gospel, the the grace of God, it is free. Sometimes people think that, you know what? I can follow these laws. And because I follow these laws really, really good, God gives me faith. No, 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 no. Faith comes and then you follow the law. You do it out of love for God. You don't do it to get the love of God. You already have the love of God. It is already free. Free 99. And I know that's hard to believe. And sometimes that I hear people say, like, you know, I accepted Jesus into my life. And I always give them the benefit of doubt and I always give them grace because I, I assume or think or hope that they mean, all right, I'm choosing to live a Christian life, which is something that you can do. But the idea of I accepted Jesus, meaning I created faith or that I went out and found God and brought God to me. That's not an accurate statement at all. And you're like, well, why do you say that? Ephesians 2 verse 8, 9 tells us, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god it is the gift of god it is the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast so we can't earn we can't accept jesus that i say we can't go out and find him he finds us we can reject him but us having jesus has nothing to do with us it has nothing to do with us in the terms of i got faith because what i did no faith is a gift given to us faith is a gift given to us now we definitely have the 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 rain once we have that faith to make the choice to live a christian life but but thanking god that the holy spirit has gifted us with faith is, is everything is everything and is, is the right mentality to have now another manipulation with the gospel that people have is that they got a free range to sin i can sin however i want to because i got god and nothing's gonna happen And I heard this and I got this from a book and it said this, it says true faith and evil intention to remain and continue in sin cannot exist in a single heart at the same time. So the thing about sin is that sin puts a wedge in our relationship with God and sin that is deliberate and intentional. Do you really have faith in? That's nothing to play with. That is absolutely nothing to to play with. Now, when we think about like, how does God give us or, or make our faith stronger? How does God extend this grace that he has? He extends his grace through his word. He extends his grace through baptism and he extends his grace through the Lord's supper. Three different ways that he extends it and gives us his grace. Now, on this episode of Gotta Have Both, we got to think about like, why can't the law stand by itself? If we only had the law, there's no way in the world we can be perfect zero way we can be perfect. So if there's no way we can have, be perfect, we would be absolutely hopeless. Now, why doesn't the gospel just stand alone by itself? Because if we only had the gospel, some people would be like, well, yeah, I can, I can just do whatever I want. Sin doesn't matter. I really don't need a savior. What did he die for again? If you don't know that you are, are sinful, if you don't know what the law says, if you don't know that you are not close to perfect, You'd be like, what's the point of having Jesus? I don't need Jesus. I would reject this all day, any day, every day. Sin wouldn't matter. And that is why we got to have both. And to wrap this episode up, just a reminder, the gospel is all about grace. The gospel is all about the grace that God has given us. The, The gift of faith, the forgiveness of sins, what Jesus has done for us, how he has substituted for us, how he has justified us, how he has declared us not guilty. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the gospel. Now, Think about this. Jesus did everything. Jesus did everything to win our salvation. He did everything to win our salvation. There is nothing that we need to do. There is nothing that we can do. There is nothing that we will do to make us earn earn faith or earn God's grace. It's free. It's absolutely given to us. We're totally reliant on God's grace for our salvation. Totally reliant on God's grace for our salvation. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of gotta have both if you liked it or love it hit the five star leave a review feel free to leave a comment share this with a friends share this with friends or a friend peace punch captain crunch they know the drugs and yes to jesus i am out